0: Okay, today is 5.15 5, well, 5. p.m., you don't really need another time, not that important, but it's in the evening. Um, it's the 12th of January, uh, 2021, new year, not 2020, which was a complete disaster. Okay, it was um, quite an amazing year. Uh, I'm not going to go into the big recap, but I would like to spend a minute just to talk about where we've come from so far. Okay, so obviously in March we had the outbreak of the COVID-19, and in April and March we had quite a significant stock market drop. Since then, there has been a lot of speculation of where the market would go, but um, in general, uh, you can say that because of the large stimulus that came out, um, the stock market went on a frenzy. And it has gone to great heights now. It's broken out to new highs, something that very few people would believe would happen. Um, it's at trading at probably the S&P 500 is probably trading at like a 22 or 23 multiple right now, which has only been seen a few times in history, um, sustained at a certain time, not just for like a quick moment. And that's uh, probably uh, right before the great, um, the great crash of 1929. And a lot of people are, again, calling that this is going to be quite a big bubble. Uh, it's obviously very hard to predict this, whether or not a bubble is you know, where we are in a bubble. There's always a bubble, but you know, how, how big is it is the question. Uh, Jeremy Grantham, a very popular analyst, um, billionaire hedge fund manager, uh, he recently claimed, yes, this is the big one, and it's going to be really ugly. Um, watch out come summer of this year. You have lots of people on both sides, to be honest. People predicting the S&P will break into new highs by year end and also the year after that, 2022. <clears throat> um, in general, if you look at multiples across the board, um, excluding even the ridiculously overvalued some stocks like every IPO that's come out and stocks like Tesla, um which is now trading at i think like a 1500 or 1900 um PE ratio just just to give you some perspective all the other car companies are trading at like a you know 12 to 20 maybe a 30 and 30 is extremely high and it's trading at 1900 somewhere around that range so but you know you have the pe- the Tesla enthusiasts that are claiming this is just the beginning um Given all the different sectors and growth that that can occur. Anyways, you know I'm in the real estate, I'm not into stocks, but it's um, you know, one thing that um you hate to see is your neighbor get rich, <laughs> uh, and you miss out. So that's one thing about bubbles. Uh, the reason why so many people typically get hurt in them is because as the bubble gets bigger, it sucks more and more people into it. Um, And everyone starts trying to time when the bubble is going to pop because they want to catch that last drift and they don't want to miss out. But um, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm staying away, losing money, holding cash. 2020 in review for real estate with me. You know, I had uh, about midway through, you know, I was holding about four properties here here in L.A., not including my primary residence. Um, with a total net value of maybe about one and a half, you know, 1.7, um, million in equity. Um, and I sold the property that I had the most equity in and cashed out about 800,000 and it's sitting in a 1031 right now, um, waiting for hopefully an opportunity. That opportunity probably won't come before my 1031 runs out, in which case I'm going to have to pay about, um, a hundred thousand in, in. Um, Capital gains tax. I'm not looking forward to it, but you know it is what it is. I I also have two pieces of land. I sold one at a loss deliberately because I um, want to try and offset those capital gains on my other property that I sold. So hopefully that will help a little bit, um, but we'll see. Anyways, um, you know since all this has started, you know I've I've read a lot of books. Uh, if you haven't seen some of my previous um, book reviews, one of my favorite books is *Driven* by Manny Koshman. He's a very um, popular commercial real estate investor, and uh, he specializes in um, flipping commercial properties. Um, more specifically, office units. He buys them at, you know, 70%, and this is this is what I've been learning. This I think is my next step. At least I'm going to try. We'll see. But um, you know he buys office buildings at about 70% occupied, uh, cash flowing, uh, while he goes in there, makes um, uh, upgrades, uh, fills in the vacancies, increases the net income of the property, and then sells it. Uh, very similar to what uh, syndicators uh, uh, do for multifamily properties, except he does it in the commercial realm. And uh, I see this as, I think, a great opportunity, especially with the with the current crash that will happen in 2021 or 2022. I think it'll be this. It'll most likely happen over the next several years um, to retail, commercial, office space. That's my, that's my little girl right now. I can never get a moment's rest away from these kids. But um, I'm just going to try to ignore her for a few minutes, see if she goes away. Um, so, you know... I think every crash is unique. Uh, Obviously with um, the 2000 crash, it was about stocks. You saw a huge spike up in tech stocks before the crash came down. In 2008, it was residential real estate uh, primarily. And then I think this time it's gonna be commercial real estate, Uh, especially with all of the office buildings emptying out, people working from home. Um, You're hearing a lot of major retailers going bankrupt. Uh, it's going to be across multiple sectors, primarily retail and um, hospitality, uh, hotels. Um, as you see, a lot of these companies uh, and business and locations just cannot make their loan payment with zero income or you know 70% reduction in revenue. So one thing that's um, very hard to keep in mind. Uh, that I'm that I'm that's very hard to do is being patient you know, if you think about the 2008 crash um, You know the the bottom hit in the market well the crash hit in September of 08 and then you saw the market bottom the stock market bottom in March of 09 and Then you didn't really see the deals come out uh, the foreclosures for real estate come out until it was you know 2010 2011 and in 2012 is, I would really say, that the last year of the bottom and then it started moving back up again. So you're talking about two to four years after the initial crash when you start seeing the deals arise. Um, now, I know some people are going to come out here and say that they, they know everything. I'm not going to be one of those people. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, if you have to make a bet, on whether or not one of the worst financial crises that has ever hit America would result in some foreclosures and deals to come out, you have to imagine that it's going to happen this time, okay. okay? Because with the amount of debt that's um, been piled on prior, so pe- most people don't realize that in 2018, you know, you saw the yield curve on the interest rates. Uh, the inversion happened. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, let me know. It's pretty easy to look up. But you know, you see long-term <clears throat> bond yields for the Treasury dip below the short-term yields, which is a typical indicator of recession because people are hiding their money and they're willing to take a much lower rate for a very long time rather than rather than to hold their cash. So, um, typical indicator starting 2018. Uh, the Fed stepped in, started lowering interest rates again. Um, the stock market continued to jump up in 2020. Um, the virus hit; it all came crashing down. So up until then, you know, for the last, you know, three to five years, what you've seen is um, a lot of corporations, a lot of companies, a lot of businesses taking out significant amounts of debt at reasonable interest rates at the time, but um, not not building growth. They are using that debt to buy back stock, Um, and that led to a cash crunch at the worst time, and um, and now now they're all a lot of people are going to get hit with it. Okay, I'm not going to deal the high very much longer. It's only 10 minutes so far, so we'll continue further. Um, Actually, let me see. Maybe I can get a few more minutes here. Okay, so where was I? So uh you know the strategy obviously is um my strategy now with this current time. So Manny Koshman focuses on real estate cycles and and his um strategy is to sell high by low. Sounds simple, I know, but more difficult when you're in the cycle itself. And we're at the top we're crashing down the crash will take a while, but the goal now is to load up on cash and get ready for the deals. When the deals come, you buy value add commercial buildings I'll tell I'll take real estate but in looking at uh, the metrics, looking at the data, it doesn't look like residential real estate will get hit as hard as commercial. So you know why not buy? Uh, the worst of the worst, uh, in the best time, rather than trying to get mediocre results. Um, yeah, might have to hold on to cash for a while, um, but until then, I'm continuing just to learn how to, to take advantage of those deals when they come. So, some things uh, that I've uh, picked up from the from the sessions, Manny, Manny um private sessions, you can get if you pay his training um, fee, which is, I don't don't know what you want to call it, training fee. Um, It's about, it's $100 a month. Okay. It sounds pricey, but it's worth it when you think about it. All right. Okay. Um, and again, you know, that, that that's obviously the goal. You want to look for uh, commercial properties, multi, multi-units multi um, that are uh, around 70% occupied uh, cap rates. Um, good cap rates. Uh, cap rates vary depending on location. Obviously, if you're in L.A., which is not a great place, the cap rates are going to be very low, maybe 3 to 4%, 5 if you're lucky. If you go to places like Phoenix, um, they're going to go up to... I would say six to eight percent. Um, you go to different um, Texas areas, it might be anywhere between seven to ten percent. Um, now, some things you want to look for in terms of demographics is the three-mile population um, requirement, which is going to be at least a hundred thousand, um, preferably minimum. Although he said that he would accept seventy thousand population. That's people, not households. Um, And then income. Income has to be above the national average, which I think right now is around $67,000 a year. So if you can find those criteria um, uh, with an opportunity where there's a value-add component, obviously, then that's where you want to move to. I love the model because if...